Hello, welcome to Resonant Advisors Exchange. I'm RA's senior producer, Chloe Lula. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we have a special episode on the Berlin-based label Pan to coincide with our cover feature on Bill Kulgis, which you can read on our website. The imprint is celebrating its 15-year anniversary, and I spoke with a few key artists who have defined its trajectory and its diverse canon of work. As Whitney Way writes in her piece on Kulagis, Pan has long befuddled some people in electronic music who have listened through its catalog. It's a bricolage of music concrete, improvisations, left-field club music, performance soundtracks, and other strains of electronic-adjacent work that feel somewhat impossible to place. Amnesia Skinner's cyberpunk new metal and Earth Eater's sweet singer-songwriter pop are some of the best examples of this range. But sitting in Bill's studio, she writes, everything makes sense in context. The label has garnered a devoted following despite, or because of, its far-reaching output. In talking to the following artists, it became clear that Pan has cultivated a circle of close collaborators who are equally interested in working beyond mediums, genre expectations, performance venues, and formats. They're also all interested in keeping an eye towards the way a piece of music is presented as a piece of ephemera, its art and aesthetics, in addition to the sound of a record itself. As Kulgis has moved increasingly towards interdisciplinary interests, such as fashion soundtracking and art directing, the music on the label has done the same, evolving from tracks for the dance floor to documentation of avant-garde visual art. Throughout the whole catalog, it feels that every artist is presenting their work as kind of like, as sort of like independent from that work of others in the same way as like almost like a gallery or an art art institution would present work that of course there's shared ideas and shared values and so some like so on but it's not it's not built on like a like a like a narrow kind of idea of like what kind of music pan would represent i spoke with visual artist Anne imhoff experienced design duo amnesia scanner techno producer and dj object deconstructed club musician Mesh, mastering engineer Rashad Becker, singer-songwriter Earth Eater, and producer and art curator Lojack to help illustrate Pan's wide musical world. In the following episode, they narrate the label's legacy and evolution, and crucially, they show us glimpses into its unique sound. I hope you enjoy. My name is Rashad Becker. I'm a composer and engineer living in Berlin and working on a variety of abstract music. I was never very precious about releasing music. I did a couple couple of releases in the late 80s, actually. Um, But um, in the 90s, I was more focused on, let's call it art, like things in the art world that was were like financed through art money, which is the f- defining criterion for art. And um, still, of course, a lot of music in my life um, and also very happily performing music, um, but never had a big ambition to release music, mainly owing to the um, circumstance that I did post-production already in the 90s and had just every month uh, like a few dozen um, new releases going through my hands that more or less I all appreciated. And just having this insane rotation of released music like in my face 
um, the hurdle to add something to that carousel was quite big. Uh, and it was Bill who really went, like, got on my case to to put it in recorded form and, and release it because he saw me uh, play live and we were more or less just in the same, entangled in the same social cultural fabric. Like we were woven within in, into the same like conspiracy of, of people. And um, so we were well aware of both our actions and, and uh, musics. He also knew that I didn't have a big ambition to release. And I should add that at that time, um, mainly like basically since the mid 90s, I had probably no one in my life that I had have that I didn't work with. Like literally all my friends were also people that um, I was in a working relationship with. Um, mostly they were my friends first and then um, they became clients. Um, and this is not a great place to be, obviously. And Bill had uh, a kind of a sensitivity for that. And uh, he stood out literally for like having an ambition to give something back. Um, and he heavily encouraged me to, yeah, to put something into the context of Pan which was a context that at the time I could fully embrace um, because I really liked his um, strategy or it wasn't like only Bill at the beginning, it was Bill and Kath, his then partner. I saw them both as, as an ent the entity uh, behind Pan um, because uh, it was more than just uh, a musical label. It was a, it, it felt like a, a social conspiracy. It felt like a, a bit of a movement. Um, and it had other, like, unique identif uniquely identifying um, attributes than the released music, like the, the cover artwork and the, the whole feel of the releases was very um, particular and very easily identified. You could, like, easily spot that that was a pan release. And I always um, worshipped labels that did feel like a movement or like a conspiracy. I, I guess it's, it is Bill that is the unifying momentum. It's his judgment and uh, his choices. He would say that for him the most uh, important criterion in picking artists is that he has a personal relationship with them. Um, so I guess it's, it's his taste. Um, that is the unifying momentum.
My name's TJ. I make music as object, which is something I started doing back in 2011. And I've released, I guess, various genres of music along the way, but it's all basically club or club adjacent music. The albums being more, for want of a better word, experimental, and the singles usually being, yeah, DJ records. And I've done two albums on Pan, one in 2014, which is called Flatland, and one in 2018, which is called Cocoon Crush. Bill and I have been friends for a while. We used to hang out a fair bit in Berlin in like the early 2010s, I guess. Obviously, I was like familiar with the label and really into like the stuff that he was putting out. And around like 2013, when I was writing Flatland, I was thinking of um, who might be interested in putting it out. And actually, I didn't approach Bill at first because I'd heard from Joe Cole Super, who was also good friends with Bill at the time, that um, Bill's release schedule was basically blocked up for like the foreseeable future, like a couple of years, I guess. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, this album's nearly finished and I kind of want to get, want to get it out sooner than that. So I shopped it around for quite some time uh, and actually didn't really find um, an outlet that I was totally happy with um, until kind of at the last minute, I sent it to Bill on a whim, I think just for feedback, not even like thinking that he'd be interested in putting it out. And Bill was like, I mean, why don't you just do it on pan? <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, that would be a pretty easy and nice solution. And yeah, it just kind of ended up coming together from there. The reason why I had some reservations about sending it to Bill in the first place, because I thought uh, I wasn't sure if he'd be interested in it. At the time, he was putting out a lot more like quite arch experimental stuff. And I really respected the fact that like he'd put out something like very beautiful and, and soothing and quite accessible. And then the next month he'd put out a record of like someone dragging a refrigerator across the floor of a warehouse or something like that. Uh, <laughs> and now there is a lot more kind of contemporary cutting edge club stuff being released too. I would like to think that Pan's a label that, like a good example of a, of a label that can kind of draw the, join the dots between things that are exciting and full of hype now and music that has substance behind it that actually lasts beyond the current hype cycle. And I think one thing that I do feel strongly about Pan, which certainly felt like a really core component of the label's identity in the years around when I was starting to to work with Bill. I don't know if it if it's perceived as strongly now just because vinyl isn't as much of a thing, but I always felt like the visual and design aspect was incredibly strong. He definitely has a strong creative vision that unites all of the records as musical and visual items across the catalog. But he's always been super open to like input and suggestions or preferences from, at least from me. And it felt good knowing that whatever happened, the record that came out would look absolutely beautiful and that I was in really good hands with 
bill in that respect. And I don't know. I feel a lot of pride for the records that I've put out with Bill for reasons totally aside from the music. Like I think the the actual physical objects themselves are, are quite special to me. Both of the records that I released on Pan have, like I was very heavily involved in the design of the covers and the photography that, that went into those and working with Bill on the, the design over and around that, like of the text and the, the sleeves and everything always ended up with like a finished product that I was super, super happy with. And that to me was like a super, yeah, like a super important point about my feeling about the label generally. half of of amnesia scanner and yeah it's a uh, yeah since since our first debut album on the i, I think came out 2018 we've been uh working we knew build from before but we've been working together since i guess we originally met through common friends and then i ended up actually share my studio was in the same complex as the pan office was at the time so we were in quite like close contact already and then somehow we had worked before with uh, with the label in London, and like, and somehow, the more time we spent together with Bill, the more clear it was like that we had sort of like a like-minded, uh, quite like an open, open concept about like, what what can be done and what what like of 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 like music and art in general. So it, then, when it came to the time of like releasing the album, it felt quite like a natural home for it too. And I guess we just started talking, and it. It felt for both sides quite like natural to start working together. For artists to present their work on Pan, it's much more like a, I feel a lot. A lot of record labels tend to somehow fall under some sort of umbrella of a sound and specific 
genre of music, a specific sound. And I think with Pan, it's quite like throughout the whole catalog, it feels that every artist is presenting their work as kind of like, as sort of like independent from that work of others in the same way as like almost like a gallery or an art, art institution would present work that of course there's shared ideas and shared values and so some like so on but it's not it's not built on like a like a like a narrow kind of idea of like what kind of music pan would represent i think from a very personal point of view it's like what we do is or like what how i write music for example it's just i'm i like all kinds of music and i find the space in between sort of like the let's say the more like canonically like experimental music and then pop music and whatever much more interesting when you like when you're kind of like some somehow strung in between these two worlds and not necessarily like you don't it's yeah it's a kind of more like a context free <laughs> zone to 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 exist or like kind of you can more like draw your own uh make your own island where you like operate I mean, I mean, both albums we released on Pan so far. I mean, we've released on Pan two Amnesia Scanner albums and then this collaborative project called Lexacast, which is actually together with Bill and uh, this Dutch artist, Harm van den Dorpel. But the Amnesia Scanner albums are both sort of, we were just kind of like, now that there's a new album on, on its way, we were just like kind of retrospectively came to realize that the fir first and the second album were kind of almost like part of the same story but more like two different chapters where like the first one was more like rage and confusion confusion and then the second one is more like oh, kind of like uh almost this uh, kind of like acceptance <laughs> and like exhaust of the kind of of kind of facing the same phenomena of like i guess feeling of overload in in like many many senses be it from like the state of the planet to to like just the amount of information we have to deal with in a daily basis there is now more of like kind of traditionally non-music focused institutions pla offering platforms for music to be presented and like more like this kind of world where like maybe visual arts and music can sort of like like more like in symbiosis work together and i think a lot of pan i don't know if it's a conscious decision or if it's because of just like bills bill existing both in our art and music world that there's like a lot of artists who work in that space also releasing their work on on pan and in collaboration with pan so i guess in that sense that's definitely a kind of a, a new or like a platform that like that i feel that pan is definitely one of the main operators there but i think bill is also very open-minded mindedly i feel constantly searches for new kind of kind of like new sparks that he can somehow <laughs> blow some uh his support over and kind of like kind of like new scenes or new new ideas pan doesn't come with this like a crazy pressure to like that the first record needs to be like a hit and then like it's i think i think there's like freedom to experiment which is i think very healthy for especially new artists starting up that there's like support beyond the first ep <laughs> I'm Matik Kalev, one half of Amnesia Scanner, which is a music and experience design 
project by myself and, and, and Villa Heimala, which started, I guess, almost a decade ago now. Uh, and since, since, I don't know, 2027, 20, 20, 20, 2016, 2017, 2018 or something, uh, we've uh, released our music on Pan mostly. Yeah, we are, we are like releasing a new album on Pan, which is actually coming out pretty soon. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of new, a lot of new music, a lot of new stuff happening, happening this year. And we continue to work with that. Yeah. If I imagine the kind of, kind of like a alternative scenario where we would have, you know, like work with like another, like let's say more, a more normal, normal <laughs> label. I think that would have definitely like um, in like like influ like influence like the way we like release music uh, in, in a way that isn't, you know, wouldn't necessarily be like super beneficial for us or like, like for the project. So I would say, yeah, I don't know. We've always felt that we've had like kind of full, yeah, like creative freedom and like, and like full, full support, uh, from, uh, from Bill, which is, which is kind of ama like amazing. And it's definitely not the, not the, not like the standard experience, uh, like working with the, like with the label. But yeah, I mean, like Bill is, you know, like he's of course like the, Lead span and is like the kind of let's say the, the lead curator of band, but he was like a very like close close friend of ours. I don't know. I, I think how, like how band has been able to kind of support art like artists with like a, this like like focus of like performance, which isn't necessarily purely like you know like like based on music. Uh, it's 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 really like. Uh, interesting and, and, and important, I think. It, it's like one of the few labels that actually has an audience. I mean, like as, as a label, like most, like there are not that many labels that people uh, follow, like, you know, people follow like artists or like perhaps like some sound or scene, but uh, like today, there are not, not that many like labels with like a, with their own audience and like that is, yeah, it's definitely, Definitely, like, like uh, in like in this like unique position with uh, with uh, yeah very strong dedicated uh, core audience, which is amazing. Jack, uh, I've been producing since like 10 years or something. I'm based in Paris, but I'm originally from Honduras. 
I was born uh, there, like in the in the mid eighties. Uh, started making music um, in France, in Paris, uh, but always been connected to to uh, like abroad and scenes from other countries. And uh, basically, I've developed a sound since the for the past ten years that uh, has been um, deeply connected to to um to my roots to, to my caribbean uh, background and so i'm deeply influenced by by dancehall and reggaeton and uh but with um with uh, with um with an approach that i try like to to develop uh, as uh, as mine as possible and, and personal as possible just uh, only recently um i released um, an album on pal i mean basically we we like we've been talking with bill since like many years now uh, we were in discussion about uh, about making something together, but uh, Bill had like a like a key uh, impact on on what the album like like how it was built and stuff because uh, like he mentioned the fact that he didn't want it only to release like something that I would be able to release on on this platform that I created this label that I had, and uh, that if if we would do something together. It would make sense that it's like specifically for Pan and it wouldn't like only like replicate something that I could do just by myself. And uh, he mentioned like he was one of the first that like he knew that I had like a strong connection with um, with the Parisian uh, rap scene and uh, and he knew that and uh, he suggested like like hey why do you you should like maybe like like you have this connection with, with all these people and stuff but we, you never really like worked on some music together and and he was the first mentioning that it could maybe be like a like a good idea like to to do something and yeah it was like maybe like three years ago now and uh and this is how it started it perceives you know like why this artist should be on pan and stuff it's because um i don't feel it's it's never only about music, it's, it's, way, it's way deeper. When the label was like, uh, not necessarily like focusing on, on, um, on club music and stuff. And, uh, and, and, uh, and I remember like he released uh, this, uh, I think it was a reissue from Gedalia Tazartez, who was, uh, uh, he, was um, he was like a performer and a poet uh, based in France. And he released that album from him that like that was like super super influential for me, and uh, this is how I and I remember it was kind of the same time I arrived in Paris, and um, and then I met the guy and we became like very close and uh, and yeah I remembered like it was a uh, yeah that person is like uh, and that album specifically that 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 Bill release has been like extremely influential for me and also um you know, i remember like the first if the first if tumor album was also like mm. very very special for me like all uh, like i think i thought it was really very free like the use of samples you know it was like very outrageous in a way and i like that every year there's like all these all these new projects coming out and uh, they're like redefining like the sound the aesthetic and stuff yeah it's, it's just like so free and so that's what's make it so interesting and yeah it's so hard to define for me it's the best possible uh, approach bill was very 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 in the center of, of of the making and always like pushing me forward like convincing me like that i could do better and stuff and um so and i think yeah i think it's that's also what i uh, 
I will, at this point, that's, that's also what I needed, you know, like sometimes, you know, we work with label, you, you're delivering something, they tell you it's great. And, uh, but, uh, I like this approach of like, I, I, I love the idea that Bill was like so demanding and, and challenging me. performance artist and visual artist. I'm doing music and other stuff, <laughs> multimedia practice. For me, working with Villa Haimala, that was the person who was like the link in between me and Bill. Uh, Bill has a, like a like somewhat of a reputation here in Berlin. So people were talking about him and and Pan is this like was always this kind of magic castle <laughs> in a weird way. It was looking like like my studio. It was like there were things lying around. There was a couch. Mm, there was a lot of like t-shirts and records. Like the records were super in order though. I remember that. So Bill heard um, the, us working on this one song that was not on Faust. It was actually a different, a different song. But then he, we, we met, or we were supposed to meet him and I in Kreuzberg at a like, and he didn't show up. And I was kind of, what the fuck? What a flake! <laughs> and I was kind of. Um, thinking like, okay, like I was, it was right after Faust. So I would, I had just gotten this like ego boost from like having this experience. And I, I was like, kind of, okay, I don't need it. I don't need you. I don't need your label. And I was like, kind of t talking, talking to myself with like, that plans are not that great. <laughs> and then Bill called me and he was like, Hey, I got bitten by a wasp. Like he, it flew like inside his mouth. And so he had this like crazy emergency. And so I felt bad, like thinking 
thinking to myself about this um, in this way. And then we met again um, and, and we had a like long talk. It was not a business talk in this way. I thought it would be, it was very much about like my work and Bill was super attentive and could like he he got the work he was interested in in having faust on the label and for me it was a chance to think about a documentation of the piece in totally different terms like not visually but sonically and i loved that idea and during that we met at the canal somewhere and like went for a super long walk after and i remember that it was also him trying to figure out what I actually want with it, you know? Like, he was like asking me, do you want to play concerts? And I was kind of like, yeah, actually, because I did this in the past, but but I stopped like doing music for these performance pieces. And he was like interested in that and that the, that the work like was kind of based on the, on the idea of a concert much more. And that was something that he also was doing with his artists, like finding a way like to present music, not in the, not in the, um, in, in venues, not in clubs or on stages, but also in um, institutions and museums and outside. There was so much like openness there that I thought like, oh, he is like, he has this mind where everything's possible. like. And this is also how the music sounds like that's on his label. So, yeah, that was the first day we met, finally, then. I went to art school and there was always these two things. It was images and there was music. And I didn't know how to get this together. And then there was one annual show at the school and I, I presented a piece there that was like a concert and somebody who was moving to that concert and it was in dependence of each other so the, the performer would do the movement of a tiger on the floor and that was super exhausting and the music was like kind of pushing this and the like when the tiger lay down the music would like say when when this moment was happening but um the tiger would also lay down and the music would stop so it was like this constant um, thing that basically movement and music were working with each other. And this this was like, I think the first work I did and it felt amazing. <laughs> and from this moment on, like I did these, um, these pieces that were like this, like concerts and movement together. I think the, the music of sex was quite different than Faust. There were like covers inside of it. I was starting the piece and really wanted the walls to become like a big part of the of the musical structure and the movement structure. So we had like Billy Bulltail and um, Eliza Douglas and I um, were writing the music and we we trying to try to push it. It was like kind of a bit of a hellish, <laughs> a hellish underground walls. This whole thing and. Eliza and Billy worked a lot on, on the record. And then when we put it together, it was like pretty much, we kind of didn't follow the piece at all. So in Faust, there's a, 
um, there's a consistency with almost like a like documenting the piece. And with sex, there's like um, we just took the pieces, we reworked them completely. Um, Eliza and Billy even like re-recorded some stuff. Like I took over singing parts that in the piece Eliza um, had or like another performer, Jakob Eilinghoff had. So it was like this moment where I realized, okay, if another record, then I want to do a record and not like a documentation of a piece. And I think sex was that initial like spark or something to that. It's almost like Pan's variety is like, it's almost like for made for space that is not yet there. Like also, it's not, it's almost not a niche. It's kind of a new little chapter that is, that, that it opens or something. And the artists that Bill um, chose, they always like work on some, something that's a verge to something else. So it leaps into something else like Arca leaps into um, pop has this like extreme um, extremely experimental side to her um, and a like side that is deeply routed in like also classical composition in, in a way like when I listen to her things and then Earth Eater who is like an amazing artist like leads leaps into some kind of pop culture. Others like Florian Hecker, they're like so linked to visual composition. You know, like it's I think that's also what Bill, when it comes to my work, that it's it is about images in a way. And he like he got that very early on and there was there's this this moment where um, with Pan, there's like always a strong visual aspect to it somehow. My name is James Whipple. 
and I release music on Pan under the name Mesh. I've been releasing music as Mesh since uh, the early 2010s, first on the Berlin label Dissembler, and then I met Bill Kulagas um, <coughs> around uh, 2012, 2013, and uh, he asked me for an EP after seeing me DJ in uh, Times Bar in Berlin. The whole agenda of the Mesh project, that's hard to... I had a hard time parsing at the time a lot of different influences, and yeah, they all kind of came out through that project, and it was a, a little bit hard to classify. Maybe it would be easier to classify now with time having passed, but um, I was really inspired by a lot of things that were happening at that time in dance music, both commercial and underground, and I was really interested in the different sort of studio and production techniques of, of various types of music, and I wanted to yeah make something that was kind of personally expressive, but but kind of brought in all these kind of interesting developments and and uh, audio production basically. Yeah, I I knew Pan as as a name and I knew certain releases, but I I didn't know like the you know the Pan world. So when I met Bill personally, it was like just kind of straightforwardly getting to know Bill versus um, you know like oh I need to I need to <laughs> release a record on Pan like. It was just, yeah, it felt really close and kind of personal and more having someone I could talk to and more of like a curatorial relationship than like a sending demos to the boss kind of kind of thing. And that changed after a while in terms of like being more exposed to like the wider picture of what was happening in, you know, quote unquote, avant-garde music. But yes, yeah, so I, was, I, was, I was pretty naive about the that, that landscape at the time. And then being involved with Pan kind of brought me into that. I guess for someone like me and other artists that have released on the label, there's this kind of, um, I mean, it's hard to say because there's such a diversity of releases over the years, but it's more like there's a, there's a feeling that there's some sort of like standard, but there's also the feeling of trust that you get as an artist of like, I need to go all the way with what I'm doing. I need to do what I want and I need to pursue what I'm interested in. And it's more about that than some kind of, I don't know, arbitrary standard or quality standard or something like that it's like you know it's being being encouraged to to do what you want to do but it also like has to be good you know the label it doesn't necessarily represent sort of like one scene or one like i don't know like geographical scene like that idea of a label where it's it's these different personalities that are kind of coming up together it's more like everyone on the label is sort of representing a certain way of doing things and yeah I mean I've I would consider some people in pan my friends yeah for sure my relationship with pan like is sort of started simultaneously with with kind of Janus at its at its height um, I guess in Berlin so it it was a moment where I felt like I could try everything I was doing and then everything that people that I was interested were doing um, I could actually try it out on sound systems I could you know be in in contact with all these different artists and producers and actually have like a kind of regular platform to test things out and experiment with how things how like a certain sound which might feel kind of different what effects it would have on a dance floor or you know a concert environment whatever it was so that felt really fruitful to me that there's like a place for the sound to exist because it was kind of a weird sound, you know? <laughs> it's it's funny because, like, looking back, 
um, like I don't I don't buy into like narratives about like oh everything was like really conservative and then we're gonna come and shake things up and blah 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 it's more like when I started getting involved with this stuff there was like a lot of really cool stuff being made but there was also this kind of like what we felt I'm not saying this is like objectively true but there felt like there was a stasis in terms of what was being played and how it was being played and who was there listening to it and who was playing it and I I think we just craved like more of like um anarchic approach to to playing music and that included current music and music they were digging for and music that we're making music that our friends were making um and it, it feels kind of almost naive like looking back now because now it feels like there really is a lot more space i'm i'm basically i'm working on my third album and it's it's a lot different i don't even know if it will be a mesh album i i don't really have like a nice um bumper sticker description of what I'm doing because it's all studio traumatic every day um, <laughs> beating my head against it but, but yeah I'm, I'm working on new stuff just 
not, you know, I, I just wanted to make things, get things moving again. And he was just immediately, um, just really receptive to the project and also not, not at all apprehensive about my strange ideas. Um, and that was, I just felt really safe in that, um, attitude from him because I think part of the identity of her theater is that I'm not a consistent product, you know, <laughs> so marketability maybe is, could be, or at that time when I was more infantile as an artist, like it was my, even my record, Iris Siri, it was kind of, there was a lot of juxtaposition in it. it it's, you know, there's multiple clashing genres and sort of different so it's sort of alchemizing all these um, contrasting sounds and elements. I feel like he just has a really strong feeling with with sort of making sure that the art is going to be is going to honor the quality of the music, you know, because ultimately the music is the main thing. But then, and I think that's something that I've adopted more since working with Bill, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, you know, just making sure that you're really honoring the, the work on all, in all aspects. Um, but I think that he's also just really curious. Um, so he's just consumed so much art and he's tra- traveled so much and he's toured the world so much so that, that he's just, he's consumed so much art that his um, frame of reference is really deep, probably way more deep than mine. Um, but I, I've learned a lot um, since since those early years on pan and I feel like like if you look at the way that my work developed visually um, from before pan like it's kind of a vast growth and um, I'm not going to give Bill all the credit but um, yeah I think it's just being just having like long interesting conversations about what we're really trying to achieve with the work and on all uh, on all fronts Pat has definitely been a oasis for the avant-garde and um, and I think that's part of the reason why it was a great place for me to go through that sort of transitory period where I was putting a lot of obtuse sounds adjacent to more singer-songwriter stuff because I think, um, and I, I don't know that, I feel like there are few spaces that are that have such a wide fan base and audience that really kind of nurture that. Or just there, there are, there, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying like parents, they're definitely amazing labels that carried that space but pan is just it's really a monolith and it's one of the it's really it's just a wonderful platform to be able to um i think it was essential in in that growth period for me like sort of alchemizing those two contrasting expressions or whatever bill introduced me to so many incredibly excellent artists 
and maestros and people that I just hold so dearly to my heart, like people really like big brothers and sisters, um, people that I found to be like a beacon of advice and inspiration to me all over the world. And uh, that's just been so valuable. And um, yeah, Bill, Bill opened up an amazing community to me. Peculiar place to have a party. Thank you for listening to this RA Exchange on Pan. Tracks in this episode include Dark Times by Anne Imhoff from the album Sex, 35 by Object from Cocoon Crush, Search Reveal by Mesh from Hesetix, Dances 7 by Rashad Becker from Traditional Music of Notional Species Volume 2, Faceless by Amnesia Scanner from Another Life, Claustra by Earth Eater from Irie Siri, and Rough Rider by Lojack from Still. Special thanks to Zach Tippett and Scarlett O'Malley for their assistance with research and editing on this episode. The introductory and closing music was composed by Joe Johnson. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to the RA Exchange. You can browse our full archive on Resident Advisor or on SoundCloud at ra-exchange. Please write in with stories you'd like to hear on the podcast at exchange at ra.co. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, take care.